Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is London Calling. London Calling. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, things just seem to get more and more insane, don't they? They do, yes. Um, the government seem to have gone, seem to have abandoned all logic and reason now in their approach to trying to manage the coronavirus, and it's just gone off the deep end, do lally. Um, y- you went to the um, anti-lockdown demonstration at Trafalgar Square on Saturday, didn't you? I did, and it was a very easygoing affair. I mean, those who wanted to listen to people like David Icke, who's a bit, he's a bit potty, but um, you know, he's he's a good orator apparently. So there were people. It was it was the biggest of the of the rallies I've been to. It was by far the biggest. How many would you say? I don't. I mean, in in the thousands, I'd say, but I don't. I don't know how many. I'm not very good at guessing. I mean, Trafalgar Square was 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 pretty pretty full, mm-hmm. and it was a. There was a really broad mix. Um, some of the people looked like they, they, they belonged to an Extinction Rebellion rally. There was there was a whiff of marijuana in the air, and some of them were kind of stout, sensible, middle aged, and older ladies. And there were black people, white people, young people, old people, and it was all very peaceful until the police decided they wanted a bit of aggro, and it was extraordinary. I mean, I, I think it's it's um, radicalised quite a few people who who hitherto had thought of the police as being a, a trustworthy, respectworthy organisation. And, and, and I gather at the beginning of the demonstration, a minute silence was was observed for the police officer who was killed in Croydon last yes, week. Yes, that's right. And this is one of the absurdities that, that here are the police taking on about as pro-police a crowd as you would get at any kind of demo. I, I, I'd say this crowd are far more disposed, well-disposed towards the police than either Black Lives Matter or Extinction Rebellion. Although, mind you, the police suck up so much to Extinction Rebellion, I'm surprised they don't. But <laughs> there was, there was um, 
a nice bit of Mickey taking at one point where where the crowd um, urged the police to take a knee, take a knee, take a knee. I'm sure the police didn't like that. Um, but but there there are these extraordinary double standards. That the, the police were very aggressive for for no reason. The the only the only reason the only rationale they had to justify their their aggressive behaviour was that social distancing regulations were not being observed. But I mean, if they really wanted, if they were really concerned about that, all they needed to do was say, "This is the police." You have 15 minutes kindly to clear the area. And people would have done. Mm. But there was no warning. One minute, well, for several hours, for a couple of hours, this was a, an apparently legal, peaceful rally. And then the police suddenly decided it was no longer legal and sent in their, their boot boys. It was not good. Well, and what is the explanation, do you think? Because, you know, on the face of it, it, it does seem a little odd that when faced with a group of non-socially distancing protesters, one of whose aims is to defund the police, and they were chanting things like, hands up, don't shoot, and they're screaming pigs at the police as they see yeah. them. In response to them, they drop to one knee and genuflect. In response to a group of people who observe a minute's silence to um, memorialise the death of a police officer and who are clearly broadly speaking, pro-police, they baton charge them and um, beat them about the head. What's going on? It clearly can't be a decision that the police are making autonomously, can it? This is com- I think this is coming from, from, from high up, high up the chain. Um, the story I heard, this, this is um, a, a friend with contacts in the police. He, he says, a source close to the police told me today that the territorial support group, i.e. The hard, the hard boys of the police, the TSG, were ordered to clear the square and do so robustly, um, and and it was the police. The, the, the aggression was all on the police's part. I think it's well, who, entirely who, who gave the order. Do you think? Well, um, there was a there was a, a guy who's um, I, I can't remember his name. A guy with a with a, a sort of African sounding name was was in charge of the particular operation, but I suspect he was just a kind of functionary, just just obeying orders. Mm. I think the orders came from higher up than that. Either Sadiq uh, Khan or Pretty Patel. Well, exactly. Sadiq Khan or Priti Patel. It's, it's, it's a bit worrying when, when um, a cultural Marxist, a race-baiting cultural Marxist like Sadiq Khan is on the same side as a Thatcherite Home Secretary. I, I hope they're not operating in, in cahoots, because if, if, if so, the situation is even worse than I thought. But it's really not healthy when law-abiding people who are well-disposed towards the police are charged aggressively by the police with a view to provoking a response and it, um, I suppose enabling them to justify their their claim that there were there were people being you know aggressive and and deserving of of, of police attention mm. which wasn't the case at all nobody was doing anything wrong except I suppose um, mingling with other people yeah. without masks and were you swept up in the Malay? Were you there when the police charged the protesters and tried well, to disperse this, them? This is indicative of what it was like. So I was there for, I'd say, the first couple of hours and just milling around, chatting to people, and it was all calm. And I was thinking, well, it's not going to be like last week when the police charged. They were really nasty. And, and um, I'd come straight from my gym, my gym class. Um, um, so I, 
I was absolutely ravenous and I nipped off to grab a McDonald's. <laughs> and, and, well, I, I was checking my Twitter when I was in McDonald's and, and there the report started coming through that it was all kicking off in Trafalgar Square. So I got, I got back to find it, it was all pretty much over. But there were various shocked witnesses who told me what had happened. And um, I don't doubt that mm-hmm. what they said was true. I mean, these were kind of... Well, one lady I spoke to, um, she came from a, a police family. So, so she... she she was again well disposed towards the police, but she was she was shocked by what she'd seen. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, did you see? I mean, the the the, the really shocking footage, um, which went viral, was of the police uh, throwing a middle aged woman in her fifties yeah. um, off the chair she was standing on. She she was standing on a chair and filming some of the speakers. And um, when the police moved in, they threw her off the chair. And then when she tried to get get her stick i think it was which she needed to help her walk one of the policemen appeared to punch her in the stomach and throw her to the ground at which point she hit her head seemingly quite hard on the asphalt and this was clearly you know a a middle-aged woman wearing tweeds in her 50s um with a with a walking stick it did seem extraordinary and that that footage has now of course gone viral and um that can't that can't be helping the government in trying to enforce lockdown restrictions. You I mean, I would have thought that even the most zealous lockdown enthusiast on seeing footage like that would be thinking, hang on a minute, that's a little bit heavy handed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and I, I think we, we discussed last week that, that, that this direction seems to be coming from Dominic Cummings. Domin- Dominic Cummings being the one who, who, who suggested that if if people weren't obeying, obeying the government's lockdown rules and so on, that it might be worth sending in the military. And, and this was partly in order to frighten the public and partly in order to galvanise the police into, into um, taking more action to enforce the government's policy rather than having their patch trodden on by the, by the military. Is but this the same man who broke lockdown rules himself in order to drive his wife and child to uh, Durham? To Barnard Castle. And then Barnard Castle, supposedly to see if he was okay to drive, to test his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, I, I don't know. It's as though the government's operating a kind of blitzkrieg tactic where they're trying to frighten us and lock, lock us down and muzzle us before a sufficient groundswell of public opinion mobilises against the government's draconian policies. So they're trying to sort of shock us and frighten us um, before we can start fighting back. Mm. But the, 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 the des- I mean, they're such tin-pot, incompetent despots. I mean, I don't know if you've been following the kind of unending fiasco that is the NHS Trace and Test app. Uh, which went live earlier this week. So this is the app that's been rolled across, rolled out across the Western world, developed by Apple and Google, um, whereby if you update your phone, so if you update your iPhone, so it has iOS 14, um, you automatically get the uh, test and trace app, whereby you don't, it doesn't actually come switched on. You have to activate it. But if you activate it um, and then um, someone who's tested positive is told by their phone that they were within one meter or within two meters and spent 15 minutes within two meters of someone else then you automatically get notified if you if you've got if you've activated the app uh telling you that you have to 
self-isolate for 10 days on pain of being fined £10,000. So why anyone would activate the app is completely beyond me, though apparently 10 million people have. Um, but nonetheless, OK, it would be one thing if it worked. But during the first sort of 48 hour period in which they rolled it out, they very quickly discovered that if you took a test, um, you couldn't actually notify any of the people you'd stood within kind of two meters of um there was no way of there was there, there seemed to be no way of kind of actually inputting the data and the, apparently the police had been instructed there was a story in the bbc tonight saying the police had been told not to download the app and also another another, another quirk in the app is that you know all these um businesses now all these uh, high street businesses pubs nightclubs all have this um qr code yes that you're supposed to you're, you're supposed to you're supposed to um uh r- r- sort of uh, register with your phone as you go in and then if anyone else tests positive is in that same venue you get notified you have to self-isolate for 10 days um and uh, it turns out that if you go into a venue let's say a costa at 9 a.m and you leave at 9 10 a.m um it doesn't clock you out as having left the way it works is that when the when at midnight it then sends all the data about who's entered the shop not when they left but just who's entered in the course of that day to the kind of central location so if anyone tests positive in the course of the day not during the course of the 10 minute window you were in the shop anyone in the course of the day you get notified and you have to self-isolate for 10 days i mean it's just the whole system is just staggeringly um, dysfunctional. Yeah, well, and I, mean, I would why... imagine that close to ninety percent of the people who are being notified that they have to self-isolate actually don't have to self-isolate, and it's just it's just a mistake. Uh, and I mean, why? I mean, why anyone would download the app? Given, I mean, not not why anyone would activate the app given the risk that they'll be you know notified unnecessarily to self-isolate and will risk being fined ten thousand pounds if they so much as leave their house to walk the dog. It's just mystifying. I don't understand that either. I mean, I, I, the, it, it's a bit like, um, do you remember the story from Germany about the man who, who found somebody on the internet um, who was a, a, a cannibal and, he, and, and his fantasy was to be eaten by a cannibal. So he allowed himself to be, to be yeah, It's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it takes all Dan, sorts download, of if, you're, if, you, if you want to be cannibalized, you can download the cannibal yeah, app, what, which will, what which will of, connect you with cannibals. <laughs> what kind you. of moron do you have to be or what kind of I think, it, I, don't think it, I don't think it's yeah I think it's I think it's people wanting to do the right thing wanting to feel as though you know they're being responsible citizens I have to say because I'm sure nobody from my Pilates class listens but there was somebody in the Pilates class who who when when the, when the subject of, of um, the um, you know the QR code was raised by a teacher this person pointed out how, how efficient the app, how good the app was in a, in a way to suggest, you know, you really should do it. So, so you're right. I think it is, it is the, the kind of, a certain kind of person who believes that what the government says and, mm. uh, and there are rather a lot of them about. Yeah, they, they think it's their, you know, their, their social obligation, that their, you know, that their social contract dictates that they should act responsibly and um, download this app and duly duly self-isolate because they've been in a fish and chip shop in the same 24-hour period as someone who's probably got a false positive. I've I've become a lot more hardcore, not that I wasn't pretty hardcore already on this, but I genuinely believe that if you you sign up to that that app and start using the QR codes or whatever, you are essentially collaborating 
You're one with, of Hitler's willing executioners. A, yeah, you are. You're one of Hitler's <laughs> Boris, willing executioners. Boris's willing executioners. Uh, execu- uh, absolutely. I think one has a moral duty not to play. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The government's game, because what they're doing is, is morally wrong. Yeah. I, uh, on on the subject of that, I mean, um, I think a lot of people who are who have otherwise been sympathetic to the government until now, and haven't thought that the restrictions have been too draconian, um, have been shocked by the imprisonment of students. Uh, I mean, this has been this has been a, a big story in the UK. I mean, it's a big story in the US too, uh, but US students go back earlier than uk students so it's only kind of blown up in the uk in the past few days but uk university students have, have gone back and uh, they faced the most unbelievably draconian rules in their halls of residence i mean first of all none of the lessons are face-to-face they're all online um, yeah. and then uh, they're, they're, they're not really allowed out of their rooms if they leave their rooms to go to the dining area they sit at these kind of desks and face the front so they're both facing in the same direction and there can't be tables of more than four and so on and so forth so they're being essentially imprisoned in this incredibly regimented sterile unpleasant environment and if they so much as breach any of these rules um they are threatened with being kicked out of their halls of residence whereby they have to fend for themselves when it comes to accommodation and they forfeit the money they've paid up front for this accommodation so i know a couple of students at edinburgh university for instance who've just started and they've had to pay eight thousand five hundred pounds each Uh, to live for a year in Pollock Halls, which is one of the halls of residence at Edinburgh. I think that includes food, but nonetheless, it's quite stiff. It's quite steep. And they've been told that if they if they if if they don't obey every jot and tittle of these unbelievably draconian regulations, which go far further even than the Scottish government is requiring people to go, which says something, um, they will they will lose their accommodation slot. They'll be kicked out of. Pollock calls and they'll have to forfeit 
the 8,500. That's the enforcement mechanism. They're essentially threatening to fine these kids £8,500 and force them to fend for themselves when it comes to accommodation, whether that means sofa surfing or living in a cardboard box on the street. If they, if they, if, if they break any of these ridiculous rules, I mean, it, the contrast when we went up to Oxford, James, you know, uh, in the, in the, in the mid eighties and just immediately plunged into a kind of whirlwind of hedonistic excess. And these yes. poor, poor creatures. And, and, you know, at Manchester Metropolitan University, um, they, these, these, these students were essentially imprisoned in their rooms. Like, you know, they were in solitary confinement. I mean, they were literally in lockdown. And they were holding up signs on their windows saying, help and get me out of here. And there's now the threat that they won't be able to come home for Christmas because that would be spreading the virus, you know. Um, it's just incredible and i think you know lots of people who've otherwise been you know compliant with what the government's required of them so far i think even they are shocked at the mistreatment of students oh and incidentally james uh, this is probably i think um uh, the most grotesque abuse of students that's been carried out by university authorities at any time since the second world war and possibly before that okay um they've never been um uh, bossed around bullied uh, to such an extent by unbending, merciless, uh, completely um, uh, 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 authoritarian uh, university administrators. Never happened before on this scale. What does the NUS do in this situation? That's the National Union of Students. Oh, I can guess. <laughs> which exists to represent the interests of students and which is paid by the state to do so and which prides itself on its kind of willingness to engage in militant direct action in order to stand up for students' rights. Guess what campaign it launched yesterday when all this came to a head? Can you Go guess? On, tell me. Tell me. It was a decolonized the decolonized education campaign in which they were focusing on the really important things, such as decolonizing the curriculum and looking again at buildings which seem to exemplify uh, colonial violence. It was like woke gobbledygook. That's all they can think about these student NUS leaders. Nothing to. I mean, it's extraordinary. I mean, the whole lot of them should be sacked. The NUS should be disbanded. I mean, it's like you know, this is their moment. If there was a point to the NUS's existence, this is it. Stand up for the rights of these students whose rights are being violated on a scale we've never, never seen before. Yeah. And what do they do? They they carry on with their kind of campaign. They've probably been pl planning for three months to decolonize education and to campaign on you know, let, let's have uh, more more. More, lots of uh, resources about how to um, uh, teach Black History Month at your university and why you should be, you know, attacking your university administration, not for imprisoning you and locking you in your room and feeding you horrible, disgusting, out of date, ready meals, effectively starving you and telling you you can't go in for Christmas. No, not anything to do with that. Let's campaign against the uh, battleship shape of the library block because that is celebrating colonial conquest. It's just like they couldn't be more relevant yeah yeah i do feel sorry for those kids at, at manchester yeah, and, so in, and in glasgow i mean scotland glasgow, obviously, yeah. north of the walls but it's terrible to be a student well, and and the the students i know at both glasgow and edinburgh say that lots of the advice comes with a kind of um uh horrible kind of scottish nationalist twist so it's like as a visitor to scotland 
You may not know exactly what the rules are here, and you may not have taken the time to learn them, but we take COVID seriously, and these are the rules you're expected to subscribe to if you're if you're not from here. It's kind of horrible. Makes them feel kind of doubly alienated. Yeah. And of course, oh, they're, they're, they're the only ones paying fees and subsidising. I'm the sure rest. they'll all vote Conservative in 10 years' time after this experience. Or for the new Lawrence Fox Party, which we will get onto in a second, James, when, when yeah. we've heard from our sponsor, Bambi. So when running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labour regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $75,000, sorry, $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelt B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customise your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day all for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance? Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to bambi.com slash London right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's bambi.com slash London, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash London. I want Bambi to run our country, Tebs. Bambi would do a better I, job than Boris, I think. I've just got a feeling that they're on our side. Not I just because they, they advertise regularly, but I just think, I just think ideologically. They know the meaning of the word loyalty. They do, they do. Um, so let's just briefly talk, before we move on to our weekly viewing, uh, and I've got oh, yes. an update, I've got an update there. Um, uh, let's just briefly talk about the, um, about reclaim. The, L- Loza Fox's uh, new political party. I take my hat off to him, actually. I you know, he's, he's entered the fray. You know, he's been pretty ballsy uh you know lots of people have been you know, since i started lockdown skeptics i get you know several emails a day from people telling me you know they feel politically homeless um they need they need some political representation why don't i start a political party can't i do something and um you know basically i'm too cowardly to do it i've seen what happened to friends of mine who campaigned for vote leave in the eu referendum constantly harassed and persecuted by the electoral commission for years you know making their lives a misery practically bankrupting them um uh, you know I, I if you enter the political fray uh, in the way that he's done it's like sticking a target on your back you know you every every the nastiest people in the country start taking shots at you um you know uh, uh and, and, and up until now because a i've got a completely clean past with no no skeletons in the cupboard <laughs> closet i've never ever said anything bad on twitter uh <laughs> and my other concern actually with the, um, I think the problem is the offense archaeologists wouldn't be able to find anything nice you'd said so they would just be like they would just go a bit do lally trying to that's trying true to that, figure actually, out exactly you know what? what the worst thing you'd said was you jest <laughs> actually that is that is part of my my secret weapon that that i'm so routinely horrible and disgusting and and inappropriate that 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 they don't know they can't really lay a, a finger on me that but my worry about standing as a you know party leader is that i reckon i would be so good that it would be a bit like julius caesar you know i've, I've become almost like a god people would want want me as their as their emperor and i think it might go to my head and i think i might you know i might start doing bad things well yeah well um maybe maybe you should 
therefore stick to the your plowing. Of stick to your plowing. To command the threats <laughs> of pain and ruin to despise, to scatter plenty o'er a smiling land and read their history in a nation's eyes. That's me. Well, no wonder you haven't entered politics in, uh, <laughs> as as a candidate, James, or as a yeah, leader yeah. of a political body. But, but I, hats I do off take- to Loza. I do, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, chapeau, Loza, for yeah. um, for for taking this step. Um, but and- I mean, it's not going to be a. There's no way uh, a party just centred around free speech is going to be. A- well, it's sort of. It's not just free speech. It's the kind of whole panoply of culture war issues, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, but e- but even then, I don't think because of, because of the way that the, the British party political system yes. is, is set up. It, that they're, they're never never going to be more than a kind of a force of influence to, to, yes. to pull I mean, the j- other j- two parties in the right direction. J- just for the benefit of our American listeners uh, who aren't following British politics as closely as us, <laughs> which um, they're not. <laughs> Lawrence Fox is a successful actor. Um, for years, he played the part of Lewis, didn't he? In no, no, um, no, no. D- sorry, no Hathaway. Hathaway in D. Lewis, Hathaway. which was a spin-off from. Um, Morse, right? It's big in America. Lots of lots of American America. listeners okay. will, will, will have seen, will, will have know, they'll know who Lawrence Fox is. Okay, and, and they'll know his dad. Yeah, he's, he's, Fox, he's a scion of the famous Fox acting dynasty. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, he he appeared on our flagship current affairs program last year called Question Time, and said some non woke things and was applauded by the audience and vilified on twitter for sort of months afterwards and i think that red pilled him didn't it he's sort of become radicalized by that experience um and um he's become i think more and more frustrated like many of us that this conservative government which we thought was a kind of libertarian conservative government has done very little on the culture war front very little to try and um uh reverse the gains made by the woke left across the kind of establishment um and he's just decided now he has to enter the fray and do something about it and you're right of course reclaim his party is unlikely to win any elections but before we jump to that conclusion it's worth bearing in mind that yes our first past the post electoral system penalizes smaller parties and makes it very difficult to crack the duopoly of the two main parties but nonetheless there are various you know the various uh, regional assemblies across england are elected by proportional representation as are um the scottish parliament the welsh parliament etc so there is an opportunity for smaller parties now to break through in those areas if not in parliament but secondly i think um even if you know reclaim doesn't win a single parliamentary seat it could still exert an influence on the Conservative Party uh, in the same way that UKIP did. UKIP didn't, I think it won, what, one parliamentary seat when Douglas Carswell um, forced a by-election when he resigned the Conservative whip and stood as a UKIP candidate and won. That was the only parliamentary seat I think UKIP won. But nonetheless, you know, they achieved their political objective. We're out of the European Union. I think, you know, by by threatening the Conservatives with um, bleeding some support away from the Conservative Party in marginal seats, thereby letting making it more likely that Labour will win, you pose a threat to the Tories, even 
even if you're not likely to win yourself, which means they'll then tack in your direction and make various policy concessions in order to, you know, shoot your fox, as it were. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think he and actually um, as soon that on the day on the Sunday that the story broke that Lawrence yes. Fox was starting this new political party, which was going to be robustly libertarian on culture war issues. Um, uh Downing Street briefed out that they were appointing Charles Moore as the chairman of the BBC and Paul Dacre as the chairman of Ofcom, uh, which is kind of, you know, big a, a, a big story in well, cultural well, terms. I mean, in, in American terms, it is Trump-level trolling. I mean, it's, 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 yes. it's the most Trumpian thing that Boris most Trumpian thing ever, Boris has done so done. far. Yeah, yeah. I, if, he's if appointed he he's through. appointed proper conservatives to two very important um, public bodies, which uh, rarely happens. And of yes. course, the liberal establishment is now absolutely up in yeah, arms about it. It's just that aren't they just announcements at the moment? Just proposals. I think yeah, they haven't quite. They haven't happened yet. They're, 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 this is what this is what's likely to happen. I think. But it looked as though Downing Street briefed that out because they were already, you know, a bit windy about the launch of this new party. Um, so already, you know, he's having an impact, even though he hasn't, you know, barely, you know, said anything yet about what his policy positions are. Yeah. Did you also notice that that, that Nigel Farage made some announcement to the effect that he was going to be fighting, um, fighting the lockdown, fighting. Governments, governments yeah so the, the, the farage-esque anti-lockdown party looks like it might it might happen too yeah well well suddenly yes suddenly he's yes. woken up having having previously been promoting it pretty heavily by clapping like a demented monkey for the for the nhs and sorry, is that right i didn't notice that yeah, yeah. God, he, okay he, was, he hasn't been he hasn't exactly been resisting up until now right right um I, so James, I mean, I think I think if we had resisted earlier, th this is what there's, there's that famous extract, isn't there, from the Gulag Archipelago, um, from you know Solzhenitsyn and Tobes, if you <laughs> unfamiliar with the author, <laughs> where, where where he says the 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 entire conversation, the the main conversational topic in the Gulags was why didn't we resist earlier? Why didn't we kick out more of the fuss? If only if only we'd spoken out. Yeah. And now they're all, this is how it happens. Yeah. The sort of ratchet effect. Yes. Yeah. And and, and actually, I think there's another parallel um, too, which is that um, uh, the opinion polls are telling us that you know something like between two thirds and three quarters of the British public support the lockdown measures that have been imposed, you know, last week, um, and uh, and something like you know fifteen to twenty percent think they haven't gone far enough, um, and. Um, uh, you know what's going on because we also know that you know the vast majority of the british public are routinely breaking ro lockdown rules themselves i mean it's like they're sort of you know it's a sort of captain mannering hypocrisy from dad's army on the one hand telling everyone they have to observe the blackout and kind of rationing and at the same time buying a pair of silk stockings from walker you know uh, yes uh, uh, and the sausages um, of course and the sausages yeah um uh, but 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 um i think there's a degree of preference falsification going on people are telling the pollsters what they think the pollsters want to hear they think that the responsible thing to do is to say that they support the lockdown they don't want to you know in their own minds be seen to be breaking the social contract because they think that their doubts 
uh, their reservations put them in a tiny minority because so few skeptics are given a platform given a voice particularly in the mainstream media so what we need and, and that's exactly like in the soviet union and its kind of satellite states in eastern europe you know everyone paid lip service to the regime everyone pretended that they believed in communism secretly they didn't but they didn't have the confidence to say that because they didn't know just how ubiquitous that skepticism was and i think something similar is going on with the lockdown and i think we need our berlin wall moment we need to somehow convey to people that actually everyone or at least the vast majority are feeling skeptical i think i know what it is i think you need to be one of those people that runs across climbs the wall runs across the minefield and tragically gets shot by the <laughs> but but at least you'll be a martyr for this important cause but that, no but that would just enforce the preference falsification wouldn't it which people think oh my god this is what's going to happen to me if i put my head above the parapet yes i better carry i better carry on towing the line yes okay Thank james you. so I, I i did see um one uh i i i've i've um i've discovered a new tv series which i think you're going to like oh, yeah. which is i think it's called tehran have you seen it no so it's a new series on apple tv yeah. um and it's uh, and it's made by some of the same people who make fowder yes i'm lucky already and it's about this um mossad secret agent I'm played by a very more. beautiful woman um yes. who uh sneaks into iran in order to disable the radar defense system surrounding one of their nuclear plants so the israelis can send in the f-16s to bomb it uh, oblivion Ooh. um and um and it all goes wrong so she gets trapped essentially in iran and she has to kind of get out i only watched episode one yesterday but it was pretty darn good i have oh, to say toby this how do i watch apple tv um i think if you've got an apple product that you bought in the past year or so you'll have a free subscription to apple tv a free year subscription um, but oh. i think the first episode may even be free actually i think that's available for free and you can buy it on apple tv even if you're not a subscriber to apple TV. right uh, and it's i don't know it's like you know 20 quid or something for the series um, um yeah well so go for it yeah that really sounds good, really good. Really do you know good. what i did on your recommendation i started what? watching the boys Oh, the boys season two um, it's fantastic don't you think have you have you got to the end of it by the way well like, you can't get to the end of it can you because it's only um they've only got up to episode six haven't they oh i see okay sorry so but what you've seen so far it hasn't suddenly turned woke or anything it's it's kept its anti-woke definitely not no definitely Good. not no it's very unwoke because I, I i spoiler alert ahoy but but um i loved the scene in the first episode where um homelander is 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 taken to a sort of gym stroke stroke training area to witness a potential new recruit for the seven a superhero oh, yeah, yeah, with all yeah. these marvelous skills and yeah. his aide thinks that this 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 young chap who's very personable will be will get on particularly well with the kids because he is both blind and he belongs to an ethnic minority yeah <laughs> and and yet despite his blindness he can do all these incredible things with his bat-like super hearing and so homelander's response is to clap him on either either ear so that his ears burst eardrums burst and he's lying there bleeding on the floor so that's the end of there of the woke of the, of the woke mind of diversity the seven yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, there's, 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 I mean, there's lots of little things like that threaded throughout the series, which seem to be just a kind of outright rejection 
slash ridicule of kind of woke piety. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's. Well, it's, I rather get the impression that, that is the point of the boys. I I I find the plots quite hard to follow. Uh, I, mean, I don't, don't think that. Well, it's plot. sort of it, it's not the entire point. I mean, I think it, I think it, it's the kind of I, I'd say the the um point of view of what's the guy called eric kripke the creator of the comic strip and the exec producer of the show um i'd say his point okay i'd say his point of view is kind of uh, traditional um hard left so he's 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 not a kind of he's not a member of the woke left he's a kind of anti-capitalist kind of old-fashioned marxist yeah. um and so you know it, it it's supposed to be you know he it, it's supposed to be sort of uh exposing um you know uh corporate mass culture america as kind of riddled with corruption and completely cynical with no regard for its customers or its audience um but and at the same time i think he thinks of kind of woke gobbledygook as just an artifact of kind of um late capitalism which needs to be swept away with the rest of it so that's that's why it's sort of the baffler kind of uh, uh point of view i think is the point of view that informs the boys and you know it 15 years ago i didn't have much sympathy for that kind of uh, you know that kind of hard left kind of socialist stuff but now because it kind of we we now have sort of something in common with them because they hate the woke as much as we do um so i kind of i love it now <laughs> yeah 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 no i i i think that the boys is accidentally um a series for the zeitgeist and it's captured it perfectly i think it's captured that that the, this 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 prevailing view that every everyone in authority, all the powers, the system is just absolutely working against you, the little yeah, man, riddled with corruption from you, top you're to on, bottom. You're on your own, mate, basically. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that appeals to us all. Yeah, and actually, I, I think I've, I think I've become. I mean, I haven't become a kind of full blown conspiracy theorist um, uh, since, need to be. Since, since lockdown began, but I've certainly become more cynical. I think about um, about government. And more, and, and I used to think that essentially most, most, most senior political leaders, senior bureaucrats were essentially acting in good faith. Perhaps they were misguided. Perhaps they had the wrong political philosophy. But nonetheless, they were acting in good faith. Now I've, I, I'm less convinced of that. I think and, you're and the right. boy certainly speaks to that. that well, it, I mean, in the narrow terms of the Conservative um, government, for example. The people at the top are far more interested in preserving their power base and keeping the Conservative Party safe than they are in the interests of the people they serve. There's no question of that. Mm -hmm. That some of the decisions they've made. It's not as though we, we discussed this before briefly. It's not as though people like Gove et al. don't have access to the information that that we have from people like Carl Hennigan. Or, or you know, the, the Michael Michael Levitt, any any of these people mm -hmm. who've been who've been having a, a rational approach, and it's not as though they don't have access to the data which shows that that in 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 Western Europe, for example, the trajectory of the of the virus follows a gompets curve, regardless mm -hmm. of what measures are introduced mm -hmm. to um mm -hmm. to. You know whether it's lock, whether it's lockdown or, or mass or anything. It's, it's, and, it's, it's, and it's not it's not like they don't have the data showing them the huge extent of the collateral damage caused by their policy response. I mean, we can see it in the economy. You see it in the kind of stats about the number of people likely 
unnecessarily to die of cancer over the next five years. I mean, it's not like they, 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 they're, I mean, they're not even interested in, 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 as we've, every, as we, as we discussed before, in doing a proper cost benefit analysis. That's not what this is about. So really, we can't, I, I, I can't have any respect for any of them. Can you? There's nobody at a senior level. Anyone who's tainted by this is tainted for life as far as I'm concerned. Because what yeah. can they do to redeem themselves from, from the worst mistake government has made in, well, possibly in history? No, it's hard to imagine what they could possibly do to redeem themselves. Well, retire their, if we, their if studies we were, with their service pistols and a bottle of whiskey at all. <laughs> I suppose if we were... I mean, nothing they could do on us you know from a from a policy point of view now could possibly justify or make up for the mistakes they've made you know it doesn't matter how well boris johnson governs you know for the next four years he still doesn't deserve to win doesn't matter how brexit or brexit they deliver i just i no. find people who could get the best that. get the best trade deal with the european union ever, uh, ever. which involved us actually keeping all our fishing rights and it still wouldn't compensate yeah in even a teeny little bit for the catastrophic series of errors that he's committed even if since. even if they give us france even if france becomes part yes. of our, our united yes. kingdom like even then richard the third yeah it, it, it still would not be enough even if they give us germany it would not be enough they've they've screwed up so they bad. could say have the british empire back here's the british empire well, you now have now we're talking you, you, you now you now have an empire in which the sun doesn't set what is it three-fifths of the world's surface um uh, even that would barely barely touch the surface Actually, I tell you, it wouldn't be worth it because even though we'd get the empire back the people running it yep. would be yeah. awful people like dominic cummings also we've caused such i mean you know collectively the western powers have caused such colossal economic damage across the world that if we suddenly became responsible for you know uh two-fifths of the world's population we just end up having to kind of you know pay their medical bills and um furlough them because you know their economies <laughs> are all in the toilet thanks to us right so there was no coming back from this it's, uh, i think i think maybe if we were attacked by martians yeah. and uh, and the human race the, the future existence of the human race was in the balance yeah and boris somehow rallied you know like like the president in independence day yeah. somehow rallied everyone to make one last ditch effort to save the human race and we were then we then against all odds prevailed yeah and boris became kind of you know the kind of um star wars equivalent of churchill yeah. it's still probably we might we might just cut it, I suppose. But uh, I, yeah, you might, Tobes, but I wouldn't. I, I would. <laughs> I would still wouldn't stick vote to my principles. And no, no, that's okay. it. They are they are dead to me. All these people. It's over. Yeah. yeah so, so James, I, I, I'm going to see you um, on uh, on uh, on Thursday, um, where I we know. are going to we're going to we're going to we're going to be um, shooting some grouse together. The question is the question is will will the will the shoot that I'm going, that we're going on, be able to provide me with the, with the the correct weaponry because I do need a gay pop gun. I need I need a twenty bore because I've got no strength and I'm basically a girl. Well, as I and, said, I think I think there are some um, children that shoot where we yeah. are shooting. Some very small children, yeah. some very small female children. So I think they might be able to find a gun that well, a pink you. a pink gun. Well, I <laughs> a, bet I, if if I get access to a pink gun, gun, I will bring down more. <laughs> grousage 
than you, <laughs> young. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you'll have the firepower to do that because I'm not sure a little cork fired from a pink pop gun just will actually you, just kill just a bird wait. flying at you at 70 miles an hour. But we'll see. Yes. Well, luckily, it would be, be terrible if there was a podcast um, the following week where we revealed what each other's relative performance <laughs> I expect there'll be a certain amount of disputation about exactly I think who there may be. how many <laughs> there may be yeah okay good. mate I'll All see right, you Thursday then. um good we'll see you on um, next week uh, end of the week yeah yeah okay, okay. mate bye, bye. Join the conversation.